you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. What? 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 <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes here. Greg Rosenthal. Blah, 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 blah. Mark Sessler. What? How was everybody's weekend? You know what I watched? What? You're not going to say anything. Well, I was waiting for Greg to go um, there. And then I enjoyed just seeing Mark like stare at me. And <laughs> Mark's like, I don't want to tell anyone fun. about my weekend. I'm happily that tell you about it. staying undercover. That is not the case. Um, I watch. Well, everyone that listens to the show knows I'm like the baseball fan of the podcast. I'm watching this World Baseball Classic, which I never have in the past. And I've been struck by how like kind of the level of juice it has both in the sellout crowds and how much the players care. Salvador Perez who's the catcher for the Royals and is kind of like a grand poobah for a lot of the Latino players. Um, uh, he's from Venezuela, I believe actually. And he, um, he said this, the, the game he played against the U S that the U S went on to win meant more to him than game seven of the world series, which he played in uh, a few years back. And then it did get me thinking boys, I was walking the dog. There you go. Did that's, not pay that's, anyone. That's your time to Didn't think. Didn't go into a hole and poop in the dark. Right. Just walking the captain, thinking about it. Because we've had so many issues with the Pro Bowl and the NFL and, and how to kind of get the players invested and, and find something that the fans can enjoy. Is there something to and, – and baseball is a global brand in terms of uh, players are come from all over the world here. The You know um, – Latin America, the Far East, Greg, Japan, massive. Football's getting there internationally in terms of popularity, but the players, it's like, what, 98%, 99% American players. Yeah. I'm getting somewhere. Moritz Boringer okay. would carry a lot of weight on the international team. Exactly. Um, but is there something to uh, regionalism? And the, our country doesn't need more tribalism. I understand that. But is there something to uh, some type of competition amongst football players that reflects where they come from in the country. Mm. So what if there was some type of event where it's like all the Texas football players, whether they're from Texas or they went to college in Texas, they can choose just like Americans in the WBC can choose to play for America or where their heritage is from. Uh, Florida, California, maybe there's a Midwest team and there's some, is there something there for, from that? Or is this a terrible idea? Well, no, just I, think that I would say you probably have a soft version of that with college football because a lot of recruiting is more localized than you're if you're on the east coast you're getting the, everyone from the west it's like it's probably a soft version of that on um, my one issue because i've heard some grumbling the only grumbling i heard about the baseball part there was a major injury that occurred yes, at, injuries, right? there's been a couple i, I just think you add any any time you're attached to an nfl team as a fan or coach or whatever and you're watching your players even play pickup basketball you're sitting there with you like your fingers crossed so sure I, that's that's the thing it's too physical and you're adding what would the schedule be you got these players like Oh, Maryland versus like Oregon. Well, that's cool. Except if you lose like player X for the next twelve and months to an ACL obviously term. is different than basketball and baseball. That's true. In also. that injuries are a much higher risk. 
Uh, but in terms of getting the players' juice, the way these guys football are, is completely different than basketball. I'm just throwing it out there. Is there anything, even if it's a skills competition? I don't know. There I see be, why you're there inspired. Could be something there. By people, it, you know? people are very passionate about where they're from. I don't know if it, it would be as much in terms of the states, but it would because people, you know, players really cape for like the states mm-hmm. that they're from. But it's such a physical sport. It's like I don't think anyone, even football players who love football, never want to play and expose their body and hit that hard unless, like, it really matters. And be I, a tough I don't sitch know. for Rhode Island, by the way. I mean, like, you'd have to— The Northeast to, in general yeah, would be—we yeah. we wouldn't do well, the natives of the Northeast, I don't think, in that. But. It, it would just basically be ca- California, Louisiana, Texas, and, and Georgia. Let's just have a semifinals and start there. And then everyone else. How about that? everyone's yeah, getting mad. Ohio <laughs> on right. Twitter is like, Ohio yeah, and Pennsylvania Midwest. have provided yeah. more people. Midwest. That's yeah. a, that I, I guess for me team. as a fan, I don't. I I start to disengage when it's like a bunch of people from Texas shouting at a bunch of people from Ohio. Right. Like, so where, like where politics, I, basically. Where do I play into Unfortunately, that? Unfortunately, like, this <laughs> might be something that other sports have on um, have on the old American football. But you know, <laughs> okay, Henry is working on it. We're building players. We're right. building communities. Oh, we got players coming from Africa. We got Europe, you know, Asia. It's coming, but we might have to wait you know about who got a job? 70 years. So we'll, we'll, we'll be quite old at that point. Our buddy uh, F.A. Obata got oh, a gig. He's back. Deserves one. Should we update the uh, Keeping Up with uh, Bowringer to Keeping Up with Obata? Keeping we'd Up have, with F.A.? I mean, the only thing is that we'd have to find a song that is as, I as endearing. I really as regret the, bringing up. Mobo, because I didn't mean it in any derogatory mm-hmm. way. Like gets, if, if Henry's listening here, he doesn't like that. It just he doesn't like. I that. just it was the he's first really in your head here, tonight. isn't he? You're like you're pring his campaign. You're scared to offend him. It's going. I on. mean, he lives rent free in your head, Greg. <laughs> I hate that. I hate when people say that. Um, all right, this is around the NFL. Uh, good show today. We're gonna talk to Bill Barnwell, one of the. Uh, Great football writers uh, covering professional football. He's with ESPN, of course, and uh, with a free agency basically one weekend. Where do we stand? Who's looking good? Who's looking bad? I do hesitate a little bit, boys, in terms of the timing on this. Um, it's it's so early in the process. But at the, at the same time, hey, listen, we booked Barnwell. Let's well, talk. What let's else just, are we going to do? Let's chop it up. Well, yeah. this was kind of like things have slowed down enough to the point where, all right, let's – Let's take right. stock where we so are. I think maybe a, a disclaimer, like to the teams that we're going to talk about with Bill that we're not as high on, don't like crush us or right, do it if you want. But understand that we're going to we're doing this segment. We're not going to rule out these teams from being successful in the short or long term. It's just kind of where things stand a weekend. Yeah, who had a bad week? What a bad week. We all guess- had bad weeks. We had good weeks. We had bad weeks. I think you, if you don't like what we do, you can tell us all you want and see how we respond to that. Um, yes. Who is the um, great defensive tackle that jumped from Philly to San Francisco? Javon Hargrave. Did you guys know, uh, before we get to the news, uh, that he shares a nickname with a certain person behind the glass? That's right. I did learn that over the last week. How do you feel about that person behind the glass? About what? Oh, oh God. God. Sorry, there was a great moment that just happened. It was, and I was making all a note. setting <laughs> you up. That was the great moment. That was the all-time setup for the drop. Oh, right. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I don't know. Why I mean, are we even going to finish the show at this point? That is, There's no coming back from that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who was first here because, Dan, you came up with this nickname for me. Yes. 
And I was un- for for the record. Uh, I was unaware that this player was connected to the nickname, but he's right. a prominent star in the NFL. Um, I'm sure he's had the nickname for some time. Right. I was unaware. There's also IP-wise. another player in the league. I think that that calls himself this nickname. Another what defensive nickname? tackle somewhere. Never gets old. Did I nail it that time? Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, if we don't know that's if none of us really knew that was Javon's nickname, is he doing, you know, considering we have someone in our in our show here that has seven or mm-hmm. eight nicknames and they're all well-branded and known, like Javon Hargrave is not doing a great job with the Gravedigger nickname. Yeah, I think maybe he doesn't need the, to do the branding as hard because his play on the field is he just maybe remarkable. Just, uh, yeah, it's not, he doesn't, it doesn't hinge on that for him. Um, all right. DJ Reader also is sometimes been called the Gravedigger. Oh, get the hell out of here. Reader. I mean, he doesn't even, I mean, Hargrave has grave get in the, the name. Get the hell out of here with that. It's yeah. disgusting what you're trying to tell us. That is just, <laughs> that's a disgrace, Reader. I'm not going to talk again this episode. <laughs> no, that was good. You gave us good info. Let's do some news. Chains on, Hublot, shout out to Hublot, Gucci. Um, yeah, nah, man, me and Gucci partnered up uh, this past year, so we we do a lot of things. And anytime I got something special going on, they want to make sure that they got me fitted and stuff. So as soon as the trade happened, um, they hit me and my team up and was like, got to wear Gucci. I was like, I'm going to wear Gucci anyway. So, <laughs> so I got y'all. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, in a, you know, early in his introductory uh, press conference with the Dolphins. I was thinking that we uh, we don't have a outfitter for our show. Not yet. There might be a time where we have a, some type of media engagement together, and maybe that's something we need to get ahead of. I don't know if Gucci is going to approach us. Maybe the uh, maybe there's a Sears brand that we I mean, can we did get, do some business um, with. We did get a suit from the NFL where they put our names that's inside true. Inside the jacket, and they misspelled your name, and then you Which had it. Happen. You had it fixed. The tailor was killed. <laughs> I, the tailor was murdered. Yeah, uh, his body has not been recovered. Boys. But I did get it. He was like, "How was I supposed to know how to spell the new old blue eyes?" <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the news. Starting with Brandon Cooks, he is on the move. He is the first player. I don't know if this is an achievement or what. You guys can decide. Since Eric Dickerson to be traded four times. In his career. Eric Dickerson retired like 30 years ago. So, yeah. And he's in the Hall of Fame, I think. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a rare, it's Brandon a Cooks has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the teams will swap some late round picks. And Cooks slides in uh, to that spot that they've been looking f- to upgrade. And we had C.D. Lamb on our podcast, Super Bowl week. And he talked about how they need more weapons Brandon Cooks, Mark, is that guy. We'll see if they add more to it. Um, I think there's some reporting out there that this likely takes them out of the market for Odell Beckham, but who knows uh, what Odell Beckham's market is right now. We shall see. But Cooks is an upgrade over the version of Michael Gallup they got last year. Uh, There you go. Yeah, and I like it better than Odell Beckham. And they they got Hmm. the Texans to pay $6 million of the salary, so the Cowboys are on the hook for twelve. It was a year ago that Dallas had to essentially trade Amari Cooper away or chose to for next to nothing because of their own cap issues. So a year later, they get Brandon Cooks. And I think if you're traded this many times, someone's ready to, to, to move on from you. And I think that with the Brandon Cooks, there are obviously contract issues with the Texans, wanted to be traded last offseason. Seems everywhere he's been, it's kind of gotten to a point where there's been a little bit of a back and forth. It's not turned into a major blow-up. But Brandon Cooks has kind of wanted to move on, have a different role, X, Y, and Z. So he's movable, but there's always someone that wants him. And I think this is the Cowboys saying, look, we get it. Like, 
We need to do more around Dak Prescott. Uh, there is a lot of this is on Dak Prescott too, but Brandon Cooks can still play, and it's not like you've gotten this guy beyond the pale. I think you've still got a year or two with Brandon Cooks, who's actually only like 29 years old or something. Right. He uh, he joins Jalen Ramsey. Might come up a little later as like sneaky young. I would not have guessed Brandon Cooks, who's been racking up thousand yard seasons. I know that's not the perfect metric for wide receivers. That's not doesn't tell you everything, but he's been racking up thousand yard seasons since he got in the league. I'm I'm a hesitant to give the Cowboys too much credit because they are the Cowboys and this was a problem of their own making. They sat last year without Amari Cooper and twenty million dollars in cap space for no particular reason. Uh, but this was a great use of their cap space. The fact that they got the Texans to pay six million dollars of his salary. This was a contract Nick Casario gave to Cooks just last year. So this was kind of a, a problem of the the Texans turnover their own making that the different coaches and everything he was not happy there and they felt like they just had to get rid of him for 50 cents on the dollar they got a fifth and a sixth round draft pick back so I guess they're sort of paying for that draft pick that was probably where the negotiation was but I like it a lot Gallup should be better there is something to the idea that a year more removed from surgery he'll be better and then suddenly Cooks and Gallup that's a reasonable two and three yeah I think it's okay they're uh, winners uh, between that and Gilmore and then bringing Donovan Wilson back I yeah. thought was a nice they've uh, had deal a good offseason had a nice little yeah. offseason not too flashy but it's nice it's alright I would like them to keep Dalton Schultz around and he's still you never know they, right still, now. they still have a lot of cap space I'm bring surprised. back Schultz and I'm feeling a lot better about things uh, but Cooks you know I don't. He wasn't great last year, but he also was very unhappy. He's on a Texans team that had and on a bad you know, team. Was a mess. Uh, in we other news, quarterback. the Texans have uh, done business with Laramie Tunsil again. Three-year, seventy-five million-dollar contract extension per wrap sheet, and includes fifty million guaranteed, sixty million in total guarantees. See, I just say that stuff, and just like, what? Are, what am I even saying? It's fifty million fully guaranteed and sixty million in total guarantees. What's a guarantee? It, I think it gets a little muddled. It's very problematic that guarantees are That's, not guaranteed. That should be that whatever <laughs> fifty million fully something. It should be something different than guaranteed, yeah. and then you could don't use guaranteed t- twice because then it completely eliminates any meaning for the right. word. There is no meaning because what it is is an injury guarantee uh, that like he gets ten million dollars next year if he's injured and they want to cut him. So we it's just, like it's well, a language stupid. issue if that they, we need to adjust. If for some reason his play fell off a cliff, they could cut him and it's not guaranteed. Anyway, it's a it good won't. I would say nothing has any meaning. It's a good deal uh, for Tunsil who in 2020 uh signed a 3-year extension that made him the highest paid tackle in the league and now he is once again, and now Greg will point out this. He represented himself. Well, kind of the agent. Kind of. No, I don't know. What about the Saint Omni individual? Fun. There's, there's, uh, he represents. It's kind of fascinating the, the the backstory on that that there's a Saint Omni guy who the league sent a memo out last year. He is not a certified agent. You cannot be represented. Do not talk to this man. But there apparently, the, Florio wrote about this. There's this, there's this underground Fight Club culture of uh, of agent representation where they you quote unquote represent yourself. And I'm not saying this will happen with Tunzel. I'm just saying this is something that Florio put out there. But you could have a guy that's not technically your agent, but he basically um, portrays you in written email type conversations that go through negotiations. Well, and without the team, like so when so he was backing Roquan Smith. He's like a ghostwriter, a right. ghost agent, basically. And he takes over an email account. We need, and, a, we need a story on this. And so, and this is what Florio pointed out, but that the Bears started to their radar went up. 
during that whole kerfuffle with Roquan Smith where he wanted to be traded, that Roquan Smith was out on the practice field when they received an email from Roquan <laughs> Smith. And so that caused some, like, there's certainly a third party here. And so Laramie Tunsil mm. is not his own, he is his own agent, but it was St. Omni who announced this deal to, to Ian Rappaport. Right. So we <laughs> could ask Ian about it, but there's someone else involved. It's not just Laramie Tunsil doing it all on his own. Off-season Ian combo. Sure. A little, this is how they saw Siege. It's very strange. Gets made. Then again, I, I think the insiders and the agents are all on the same team, and they. Well, now have, we're talking how the sausage gets made. Yeah, oh. they don't like the Saint Omni right. situation. Have, that's what I mean. Right. They have motivation to make uh, Mr. Saint Omni look bad. Good job by Tunsil uh, and Saint Omni, apparently, uh, resetting that market again. And he's only going to be 31 when he gets back uh, on the free agent mm-hmm. market. I like, like that name, St. Omni. I, I we need, we say, need more people like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great fake name. Just go by it. Um, don't need a first name. I'm St. Omni. <laughs> uh, Adam Thielen has a new home. The Panthers signed the four, longtime Vikings wide receiver. Uh, three years, $25 million, $14 million in guarantees. He's going to enter his page 33, his age 33 season. Uh, so, you know. The Panthers got to start somewhere in rebuilding their wide receiver room. They didn't have a lot of depth to start with, and then they traded their clear number one, DJ Moore, to the Bears to get that number one pick as part of that deal. So Thielen, I think he makes sense as long as he's in the right spot within that team. He can't be their lead guy. He is a guy that if you looked at, if you pop the hood on his uh, play the last couple of years, he's in, in regression, and the stats back that up. I He's, mean, you have Terrace Marshall Jr. I, I think you got something there. She's Smith, and, like, you're having a rookie quarterback. So, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, like, keep your running backs. Like, I, they're, they're still interested in DJ Chark, according to Scott Fitter. So, it's like, I would do anything you can between now and drafting quarterback X to just put players around him and see what sticks. Thielen, not sneaky young. Uh, he is turning 33 before the season. More of a red zone guy. Got a lot of money uh, in the first year of that deal, 10 or $11 million. A little surprising, but he's he's the classic like article that's going to be released in August of how he's teaching the rest of the room how to oh, be a pro. Course. And that what he's worth to the team is worth a little more than just production. It's like having I, another coach on the field. I kind of think there's, there is something to that. I don't think that's total BS, but he's getting a premium for that. Greg. It's like having another coach on the field. Because <laughs> that's what you want. Josh uh, McDaniels running around there catching the uh, kind of slot. slot. No, I don't want to be a snitch, but like kind of cheating too. Yeah, you're no. That's that's two positions. So maybe we shouldn't be. Also, I've watched yeah. approximately 17 minutes of CJ Stroud tape, and I'm like, my God, this guy's amazing. Let's go Stroud. Okay. Let's go Stroud. Sounds I don't like know. They, I don't even know if, if he can he's see the over the offensive line. He's no, gonna be, Stroud. No, oh, that's Stroud. Stroud. Oh, that's because there's a, the, weirdly in Vegas now. Yes. Stroud is the favorite because there's, the dude, there's yeah. sort of reporting, but no one actually knows. We're just guessing. But I'm I'm kind of surprised how he's been a little undersold. Let's do some odds and ends. <laughs> odds and ends. Odds and ends. Everybody, tell your friends it's odds and ends. Jeez. <laughs> It's go. It's getting into a dark place. I think we might have unwittingly tapped into a dark third dimension. Like we're opening up this portal, and all the the demons of hell and beyond are going to pour into our universe. Yeah, and it will be our fault because of a tiny box, Diddy. 
Right. I don't know like how this even happened, but it had a very uh, Trent Reznor social network soundtrack <laughs> vibe to it where like the, this is the beginning of the end for our society. Kind of, kind of. All right, uh, let's hit it. All right. This is an easy one. Uh, Nick Scott, the defensive back, signed a three-year, $12 million contract with the Bengals, Greg. Like that one. Uh, Bengals needed to get a safety. It's cheap. They're good at these little mid-tier signings. Yes, they've proven it. The Steelers add to their offensive line, signing Isaac Sayamalo. They need help on offensive line. They, did. Uh, they, they have the now the 10th-ranked guard from a year ago, played every game for the Eagles, was injured in the seasons before that, but... Alongside Mason Cole, you start to have something on the inside. They do need it. All right. How about Greg Gaines, defensive lineman? Bucks sign him, formerly of the Rams. One-year deal, Greggy. Rams have no players left on defense. There are none. They might come up in a little bit. And finally, in haircut news, Kevin Byard, another dude that's been a player with the Titans and an important player. Well, if he refuses a pay cut, that's another guy out the door. They're down time. The reporting is the Titans asked him to take a pay cut, and he refused. There is no word yet whether the Titans will actually release him, which would be pretty surprising if they did. But they would save about $6 million in cap space. Be a big dead cap hit. Well, you can't ask for the pay savings. cut, and then he says no, and then they just don't, don't do anything. They're like, oh, okay. Well, Engraver, why don't you tell us about the other Titans news that you uh, put into our messaging client? The Titans also signed Sean Murphy Bunting, who won a Super Bowl with the Bucks a couple years ago. Okay. Okay. Pretty good little piece on the defense. I want to um, I want to be snarky and give you a hard time about how bad the Titans might be this year, but I've been there, so I'm not going to do it. You know it's coming. So I know it's medicine. coming. I think, I mean, they've made a few signings that make mm. me think Ooh, they oh. think they'll be more competitive than they will be, but I still don't think they'll be all that competitive. <laughs> all right. Well, it's hope season. Uh, let's take a break, and then we will welcome in Bill Barnwell. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is one of our favorites. The only reason I have an ESPN Plus subscription. (laughs) A Northeastern alum, fellow, and one of the great, greatest damn football writers in this country. Bill Barnwell, welcome back to Around the NFL. What a great intro. First, I get some sultry music. (laughs) 
it, it feels like I'm in a, a mid '90s R&B song. I'm okay. about to come in with here. Uh, then I get I'm interested. It's one of the best damn sports writers. I think I, I forget exactly how it was phrased, but all of that I'm in. I'll take. I it actually said you were a, a former member of the best damn sports show. Yeah, former panelist. Yes. Yeah. I thought no. it was me and Tom Arnold uh, hopping on <laughs> hopping on BDSS with. Uh, that, that show that was on every single Fox Sportnet affiliate for about 15 years. So, unfortunately, was never invited. Happy to go back on the yeah. remake, mm. though. Mark that, Grace was tremendous on that program. Yeah, that musical selection that we selected for you, is that sort of the vibe that you uh, would think that you carry around town when you're out on the streets? Yeah, you know, I feel like late night, but not like a sketchy late night, like a cool mm. late night, like a noir sure. late night. Like maybe you're at a jazz club and it's in between sets and you're like, oh, let me read 5,000 words about these offensive line transactions. <laughs> That's what I want out there for me and my fans. I, I do like to imagine Bill as a member of um, the mid-90s R&B group H-Town singing Knockin' I the Boots. That. that would be good. I could see that. Um, and little known fact, I once applied for a job at the Best Damn Sports Show, period, as a researcher. Really? I was, did, not get really? That, I did not get that job. Denied. Was was there? I, I have to admit, it's been a long time. I don't know. If this is not really relevant or sure. germane to that's what we uh, do. What we're talking about a, a show that was on neither the network I work for or the <laughs> network you guys work this for. This is our show in but, general. Yeah. But I, I have to ask: Was there a lot of research going on on the Big <laughs> Show? I never got to find out. I was working weekends, uh, one day a week on Fox baseball and football, and like in the highlights department, wow. and was trying to get more of a full time gig. Uh, mm -hmm. Heard about this research job? Interviewed. Didn't get it. All I know is wow. Chris Rose, who works on this uh, for this network now, was a host mm -hmm. of that show, and he speaks mm -hmm. very fondly of uh, the program and what they achieved together. So that's Good that's my him. insight on it. Dude, any anyone who can host a show that's on the air that long did something right. Truth. So, like you know, like like no no bones about that. I just, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a back and forth. I felt like kind of like a, you know, a takey sort of show. I didn't recall a lot of like <laughs> extensive research segments happening. Right. No, just, maybe it was gotta, a little ahead of its time. It's just in like that research sense. is the guy who lets Tom Arnold know like who's on what team right before the segment starts, <laughs> I, I would suspect. And speaking of like late nights, and we're going to get to some way premature winners and losers of free agency uh, with Bill. Um, I do want to mention Super Bowl week in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, we were hanging out. We got dinner with Kevin Clark. Yeah, and you mm -hmm. know Clark's plugged in with the ringer Cognoscente. <laughs> sure. So he invites us to the Kimes gathering, which you know is mm -hmm. top of the food chain within this oh, sure. this whole world. And uh, we did go there, Greggy, and uh, Gravedigger was with us as well. And um, I was remarkably or surprisingly, I was intimidated to the point where it's like, there's too many ringer people here. They're all best friends. There's Barnwell <laughs> in the corner just like lording over a group of bros. I didn't even go say <laughs> hi to Bill because he was he was he was the bell of this ball. I had a oh, drink geez. and I excused myself. But it was it was basically walking into like the cool kids wing of a high school. It was like, just be careful here. This is a little treacherous. You Irish goodbye out of that. A little uh, bit. A little bit. That confab. What? Would have loved to say hello. Uh, I don't know which bros I was lording over. Uh, I'm not an especially tall person. I, I don't see myself as like a like a Nate Tice. I would say is a. He lorder. was lording. He was lording. Sure. Yeah. You were comfortable um, you though, know. Bill. You were in your yeah. element. I could I could see that, Nate. and I said I don't want to roll over there and do some awkward hellos. I'm going to let him enjoy this no. time with his colleagues. Well, very nice of you, but not not necessary at all. Please, the next time you see me on the street. 
Stop me. Grab me. Oh, street. Me no no problem, street. But the Kimes gathering at the Super Bowl. Okay. I like that you've reframed different. it now that yeah. you actually did Bill a favor so that he I could did. stay in his element. <laughs> right. and you could have just hung around and eventually it would have happened. Like, Bill yeah. and I had some great conversations <laughs> that night. But, yeah, you had to, you had to wait it out. Um, yeah. You'd be like, all right, Nate, we remember you were the Russell Wilson's backup. Okay, let us let us speak. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not true. <laughs> Nate, 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 I, I've never had a conversation with Nate about football. Um, in a public <laughs> gathering. It's 100% soccer and mm. pro wrestling okay. and 0% football. There you Versus go. how? Um, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk football. Okay. Let's do it. So the they don't want us to say it, but we're bad boys. The legal tampering period started a week ago today, Ooh. and there's been a lot of activity. Greggy, how many um, – Top 101 free agents from your top 20 are still remaining now. Oh, I've got even more than that. Three from my top 25. Uh, three also from my top 20. 11 of the top 50 and 28, I believe, or 26 of the top 101. So not that many left, Okay. Though. There's still deals to be made, and, and teams can still get much better if they make smart moves. But I'll start with you on this one, Bill. When you survey the landscape so far, what's a team that's jumped out to you? Because we'll do the good and the bad here. Um, what's a team that's jumped out to you that's made itself better in the past seven days? Yeah, you know, I'll start with a team I know is near and dear to your guys' hearts, although I have, I do have a question that does concern me about them, but I think overall mostly a winner, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. I think a team where they had a very obvious concern on their on their defense, dead last in ESPN's total QBR metric last year. Secondary, that was a bit in shambles, a lot of work to be done, and you saw they went out and upgraded at multiple spots. Camp Sutton comes in, Manuel Mosley comes in, and most recently Chauncey Gardner-Johnson signs on a one-year deal. That's a rebuilt secondary. We don't know what Jeffrey is going to do. He might be a trade candidate, could figure in there as well. But I just think, given their needs, given that the offense did look so good at the second half of last year, given that they do have you know plenty of picks to work with in this year's draft, I love them focusing on the secondary, getting that taken care of, squared away. Now they can focus on rebuilding and continuing to rebuild that front seven here in the draft. I feel like they're in great shape heading into, uh, heading into the season, except for one thing, but we'll get to that later. Ooh, I thought the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson signing was um, a nice – Turnaround after losing Jamal Williams, I thought brought so much fire and personality mm, that, to that, that team. That was my one thing. Yeah, because I think like we all, we we all, we met Jamal at the Super Bowl and like loved him and thought that he was just mm. as a reason and a beating heart behind the Lions. But Gardner Johnson, Aaron Glenn's known him since high school. Uh, Dan Campbell worked with him back with the Saints. To, so did Aaron Glenn. So it's like they went and got a player they know exactly how to use. And he turned around and said to the Eagles, I'm just going to Detroit. I, you, the deal that we had in place, forget about it. We're not doing that. The, I think he had to have been disappointed by the market. He's, he, I, don't sure. know, I don't know if he read the 101, uh, but he could have said, I'm a, I'm a freaking top five uh, free agent uh, a week ago at this time, and he didn't get the contract he wanted. I believe that he was probably offered, you know, in the reporting is that he was offered a much better deal from the Eagles, but the money went mm-hmm. away. They ended up spending it on Slay and Bradbury. Jesse Bates mm-hmm. got paid, but very few of the other safeties really got paid. Jordan Poyer didn't get paid. Julian Love didn't get paid. There were a couple mid-market deals with like Von Bell and Donovan Wilson. But understandably, Gardner Johnson saw himself better than that. It's kind of like James Bradbury a year ago. He bet on himself. I think his agent probably cost him a lot of money, but if he plays well uh, for the Lions, and I think it's a great sign that 
people that know him so well want to bring him in, uh, then he mm-hmm. can cash in hopefully uh, next year. And I like the Lions making Aaron Glenn um, look good and possibly pivot from their strategy, which has really been about resources in the front end, and they were really weak in the back end. And I love the Sutton signing, especially Mosley's just like another guy to have around in case. Like they are really setting up Aaron Glenn for success to potentially be a future head coach. Is it possible, Greg? Because I need to be, unfortunately, the official pushback guy of your agent assassination tour this spring. Is it possible that the agent was suggesting he took the deal? He take the deal that the Eagles were offering, oh, and he said he thought he could do better. I Is that possible, Rosenthal? It's it's possible, but I okay. think anyone signing now um, a one year deal like that had unre- un- ended up have, like misreading the market. Yes, and well, that's that the, is that's, not that's the agent's job. That debatable. Eagles deal was very heavily backloaded too. Maybe he was looking for something structured differently. But I I am with you, Dan. That blaming the agent. Not that you're doing this, Greg. Just like oh, this, I am. this time of year, they're he just is. getting like destroyed left and right. And it's like sometimes the player or people around the player are saying, no, no, you can do better than that. And then it didn't happen for him. And then, uh, but how can you do better than being on the Lions? I mean, the Lions will be oh, doing I can't. Well, Historically, you could. Well, that, that that's my concern here is that you guys alluded to this. It, has there been a vibe shift with Jamal Williams leaving? For the New Gardner Orleans Johnson State. makes up for it. He, he replaces oh, no. the vibe. It's a totally different vibe. But totally it's a fun vibe. vibe. I don't it's agree a good with vibe. that. Chelsea Gardner Johnson's vibe is, I may fight you at any time. Or <laughs> even worse, get get you to fight me with no warning at <laughs> any time. Yeah. That's not Jamal Williams' Jamal vibe. Williams' vibe was like, hey, let's watch anime or play video games for yeah. 20 straight hours and eat really yes. good takeout. Ask Michael Thomas yes. about Gardner Johnson. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, who was the Who was the Bears player who punched him twice in the helmet? <laughs> I can't remember. Well, there was but an that's ejection a great move. Yeah, there was. He is a spicy uh, character. He's a spicy meatball. It was like the, the Bears wide receiver four. It's going to bother me the rest of the show now. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Justin Graver, the Grave Digger, is going to be on that. I want to talk Beautiful. about someone a near or something near and dear to your heart, Barnwell. Yes. The G-Men. Um, I see them as a winner. And this extends more than just the last week. I liked the the way they got the business done with Daniel Jones. Maybe you could say an overpay, but he's he's in the building. They believe in him, and I think that's good enough when you have Brian Dable there. Uh, Saquon Barkley's back. Love the Darren Waller move uh, for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. I think that's a very high upside move, and we talked about it last week. It it ended up being a kind of a Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller swap. I could live with that. Paris Campbell joins the wide receiver room. Uh, he gives them a chance to upgrade their uh, receiving game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Odell Beckham's out there tweeting at Saquon that he has work to do, I believe, something along those lines, something insane. Um, in general, I feel like uh, Isaiah Hodgins also coming back. I feel like, Bill, this team's going in the right direction, and um, obviously they, I think they overachieved to a certain extent or played well considering their schedule. Now I think adding pieces around J- Jones is ne- necessary, and they're they're doing that. I'm not especially thrilled okay. with how the Giants approach this offseason. And, and I guess part of it is the big decision about Daniel Jones is one part of it, and then kind of everything else fits into the other side of it. Um, I know you guys already talked about Daniel Jones, so I'm not going to get too far into this, but let me ask you this one question. If Daniel Jones plays exactly the same as he played last year, do you think 
that turns out to be a good deal? Like, does he have to improve to justify this contract, or can he just be the guy he was last year, and that's good enough for the Giants? The whole deal, in my mind, when it went down, was this was built under the idea, the premise that he's just starting to reach his potential, which made it an unusual contract in that sense, but also internally the Giants believe so much in Dable and Jones. That's how I saw it. So, yes, he has to get better. If he if he plateaus, it's a bad contract. Does he have the pieces around him to get better? Well, that's what I they're think is my on. question. Like, like you know, I, I think, yes, I love the Darren Waller move. I think it's a pretty – Jack, not risk-free because you're giving up a third-round pick and that is valuable and, and you're, you're using $10 million of your cap space, but I think a very logical risk for the Giants to take. I I don't love the wide receivers. Like, yes, bringing in Paris Campbell, a guy who's been hurt most of his career and who averaged like 10 yards a catch last year. Like, I, I have no doubt Daniel Jones can find a link with a guy who's going to catch the ball and fall down, but right now the only deep threat on this roster is Darius Slayton. And... That's a guy who this organization, much like Jones, didn't want last year, who kind of got the opportunity because everyone else in front of him either got hurt or they didn't want to play. So I, I like Darius Slayton personally. I think he's a good player. I don't have a real issue with the contract, but I, I was sort of hoping for more, something more significant well, when it came to the receiving court. They still have time, to be fair, but um, the Bobby O'Karake signing, I wasn't especially thrilled by. I was it's surprised that that's to... the guy they spent the most on this offseason. As much yes. attention as Waller got, they, they spent the most right. uh, at a position where, look, they were maybe the worst and the slowest in the NFL, so they needed an upgrade, mm-hmm. but they spent a lot sure. to fix it. It seems like a team that could use Kadarius Toney. Uh, well, that was that was <laughs> something that didn't work out a year ago. But I do think with Brian Dable and the draft ahead that I liked in general what's happened with the Giants over the last 500 days. They, they finally seem to have a plan. Sure. I have no problem. If you, if you don't re-sign Daniel Jones, who, who fills that void? And, I, and then you're starting over with a different quarterback. So I don't mind it as a two-year, see what you got, and there's more pieces to come, I'd hope, around uh, them. Two quick things, and then mm-hmm. someone else uh, go. One, Darius Slayton, to Bill's point, was a healthy scratch in week one this year so that's kind of where his journey has gone and he gets a new two-year deal two i've never heard anyone use the 500 day marker before (laughs) well i mean that's kind of historic you have to go like from january to here and next summer you know it's good it's just it's unusual and i like it because if i said 365 i have no idea what was happening literally one year ago today or who i was or who the giants were so that's a weird 500 days of summer one of the movies where um, I enjoyed it the most in the theater to mm-hmm. I probably understand it's a bad movie now ratio. <laughs> like it's really high in that ratio. It's, it's in the uh, Garden uh, State Club. Right. I can't, oh, I can't say I didn't enjoy yeah. it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. 100%. But now it was cute. Yeah. Anything Duchanel is going to maybe a, a age not so hot. I'm going to mm. jump off and do a winner because it's, it's related a little bit uh, to your Giants. Uh-huh. Okay. Which is that? Because I think they're going to draft. Did you just or, look at me and say you're Giants. Uh, well, you're Giants' choice. Uh, Bill is yeah. a weird, like, negging uh, Giants fan. Like he's never happy with them. He never <laughs> wants to totally what? own it. So what? yeah. What? They were like 23rd in DVOA <laughs> this year. I'm not gonna like like uh, they're, they're bringing the band back and adding Bobby Okereke. I'm not thrilled by that. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. They're logically gonna fall back, and but Wink Martindale and. Brian Dable and Joe Shane, for that matter, actually give me enough uh, confidence that like they'll sure. help push the tide of, of what is probably going to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm 
unrealistic expectations. Um, maybe this would be bad for the Giants because I, I think they're almost locked into taking a receiver in the first round or, or th there should be good value there. But I'm going to say uh, some of the winners of this last month are the receivers in this draft because there, mm. there was so little spending on these sort of second-tier receivers that were available. I Maybe I misread the market in terms of artificially like putting these guys higher on my list, just thinking they were going to get money and that they were like decent players. Guys like Jacoby Myers and, and Juju and Lazard ended up getting a lot of money, but a, a lot of players mm -hmm. didn't. And there wasn't much of a premium placed on these players. They, they ended up getting paid less than what I would have expected. And to me, I, I think it's because... First of all, this draft class isn't amazing at the top, but there's still a good group of players that I think could be taken in the first round, and maybe now they're going to get pushed up a little higher. And the other thing is I think the receivers now looked at as a premium position that these free agents just didn't qualify, that you need to get those receivers in a trade or you need to draft them. And the hit rate on these draft receivers is just so incredibly high right now that it almost feels like GM proof. That's like, okay, don't take Jacoby Myers and pay him $15 million. Draft your receivers. Don't take Juju. Don't, don't, overpay for any of these guys maybe give up a second for deandre hopkins but like not even more than that let's just draft these guys because the contracts are so low for the draft picks mm -hmm. and, and the hit rate is so high that to me it's it's almost getting treated a little bit like defensive end and quarterback like other premium positions and they didn't it didn't happen for them in free agency but i think they're going to look at this draft class and people say there's not like a true one in it that's fine but i think it's going to push these draft receivers up the board that not many teams really solve many of their receiver problems in free agency mm -hmm. well you know i i look at the deandre hopkins situation i'm writing about this for espn this week Humble it's rack. not easy to find a landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins right now. There's a lot of teams that either don't have the cap space or are a set at receiver or have an offensive coordinator who appeared to be in a blood feud with DeAndre Hopkins before trading him <laughs> in a very ill-fated trade that cost him his job. But there's not like an obvious spot where you're like, okay, that is where DeAndre Hopkins is gonna go. So, you know, I, I sort of wonder if, if the league as a whole, like you said, Greg, is sort of looking at the receiver success rate and saying, okay, as long as I'm not weirdly of all people, Howie Roseman drafting Jalen Rager, like it's going to work out pretty well for me, all things considered. So I, I agree, you know, and, and I think something that is very like, like we all know it, but we don't talk about it that often is just how valuable it is to take players at premium positions in the draft. The wide receiver right now is in a tier with left tackle and, and edge rusher where that is a, a position where you get a significant surplus value over the first three years of a guy's rookie deal if you draft and land even an average receiver, let alone someone like a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm going to throw one out. I think last year was obviously the year of Geno Smith, but like my Geno Smith 1B or Geno Smith light for at least the first half of the season was Jacoby Brissett. And so I'm going to go a little more player-focused win because I kind of think of all the mm. places where Brissett could have gone, where it's like, had he gone to Indianapolis, like Gardner Minshew, it's like, well, they're clearly going to draft someone, and the idea is that you don't play Gardner Minshew, ideally, if the rookie's up to snuff. Jacoby Brissett, I think, has a chance to continue what he did last year in Cleveland and be another example of a late-blooming quarterback that I last year, I mean, could a little bit of Kevin Stefanski, but the offense completely changed when Deshaun Watson got in there. It, 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 
devolved in all the wrong ways. And I think that's a credit to some degree about Brissett. He's also talked about, I know that Ron Rivera would rather just have a, a veteran run the show for, until mm. the end of time. But Brissett is a lauded teammate. Um, Kevin Stefanski said it was one of the, he, uh, in terms of coaching teammates, one of the best he'd ever been around in his career. I think that's a great thing for a Washington team that always seems to have its vibe off a little bit. They're just a, obviously ownership on down. There's a lot of um, evil smells coming out of that organization. Jacoby Brissett can change things. There's weapons around him. I think he can have a good season and continue to kind of advocate for himself as a spot starter and someone that might get a better chance in this if he can fend off Sam Howell, who was spicy in Week 18. I did hear a, a fun conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, uh, NFL UK Hank throughout this. Sure. Uh, Henry Hudson. But High source. Going around here. Uh, what if the new Washington owner comes in and that's the one who goes over the top for Lamar. That would be beautiful because there's there's this talk that Dan Snyder that it might be it might be imminent. You come in with that Amazon money, you know, you pick up mm-hmm. NFL media, you know, take care of the around the NFL podcast here, and then sign in Lamar. You're a hero to the whole world. Do you world. think that the Love Ravens the Ravens want to send <laughs> no. like Lamar Jackson to Baltimore? They're, they're, they're not gonna like, have a they're choice. Like, they're like neighborhood gonna, enemies. They're just though. gonna spend an insane amount of money and not give him a choice. That I would be. I, that, I'm totally with casting. I don't really yeah. think, and I yeah. think Jacoby has a nice spot with enemy and all those weapons. Uh, I agree with you. I, I th- Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake brisket. I think that would be great. Washington <laughs> fans would be head over. If they had new ownership and Lamar Jackson, everything's different sure. all of a sudden, yeah. and the whole world's on fire. But the Ravens are not going to want him anywhere near. What do they call that area? What's an area? It has a name. The Baltimore, Maryland. You live there, like, Bill. The, the whole, what is it? Doesn't it have, uh, like a zone? DMV? Or a, yeah. The DMV, but they, he's already in the DMV, so I'm confused as to like the distinction being made between. You don't want to stay. You don't want. You want to get him out of the but DMV like, at all like costs. Fort Worth. He's not going to be on like your team. Other, right? they, yeah, you know, you know, you know about. You live in the middle of um, one of the toughest rivalries in sports: Washington versus Baltimore. Speak up. <laughs> I, 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 I have never honestly. I, I wrote Bad about blood it. For I, days. I was like, oh, this would be very juicy, and then I was like. I don't know a single person. I've never seen like a Ravens fan friend of mine argue with a Commanders fan friend of mine. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. It, 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 it doesn't feel like Giants Jets, and, put it that way. And in fact, the nastiest thing that ever <laughs> happened in the DMV in terms of like the sports teams is when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and then Angelos of the Orioles said, no, we have a we have a baseball game and you can't even host this week one game in mm. your building. And they had to go on the road <laughs> Denver, oh, that's right. after right. they yeah. won the damn Denver. Super Bowl. Yeah. That that was some DMV dirt. Um, that yeah. game was the game where I remember watching with Wes and we always talk about that Owen Daniels had the like slowest um, <laughs> like tr- move to try to like make someone miss that we'd ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why. It always stuck with Flacco threw the ball like 51 times or something in that game. To, to your absurd. Jake Brisket point, so let's say he was very good in his starts for the Browns before Watson came mm-hmm. and didn't play well. Brisket outplayed him. Let's say that's his close to his ceiling this mm-hmm. year. Does that make Washington a power player or make them much better than they were? I don't. I just think he's a guy, and that's why I see this team just right now kind of stuck in the mud. Even with Brissett there, as much as I like him, well, I, I don't would, think he's a difference maker. I would say it's a win for Bis- – I, I, I said it about Jacoby Brissett. I think right. it's a win for him to go see what he does with mm-hmm. it. If I'm Washington, if I'm a fan of the Commanders, I like Brissett. I can't, it can't be the final plan here, and it can't be for the eighth year in a run, a year under Ron Rivera, like a veteran who might be average or better than average. How about a, Bill? I, oh, go ahead. I, I just want to point out the Commanders last year with Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell at quarterback – 
were eight, eight and one. Mm-hmm. They were realistically what a, a game away from making it to the postseason. They wouldn't have got far probably, but you know, the, the saints are selling out to, to try and win nine games and be in the playoffs. The commanders were an okay quarterback away. You know, they were six in the NFL in points per possession allowed on defense with without chase young or the, the tra- version of chase young. We hope is going to be back this upcoming season. And Jacoby Brissett, like, he's not a superstar, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, since he got into the league, I think the only quarterback with uh, with a better interception rate than Jacoby Brissett, the only quarterbacks are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So Dang. I think there's sort, of a, there's sort of a Jets thing happening here where it's like, okay, we have this great defense. It's, it's young enough that they're probably going to be good again next year. If we can just get a competent quarterback in here, we're a playoff team. And for Washington, given – how depressing this franchise has been for two and a half decades, that kind of feels like a victory. Yeah. In fact, when the Rodgers thing was was very hazy with the Jets, as if it's not hazy now, um, Brissett felt like a a fallback plan for the Jets. So, yes, for the commanders, a a sensible one. So for the commanders, it would keep them in the mix for sure. I just Mm -hmm. hope – I mean, now you got my head thinking with the Lamar thing, even though it's not going to happen. They really need something like a whole new – a uh, breath of fresh air for that organization. Ownership would be enough. I think yeah. they would be excited. Uh, about yeah, that. it would help. Bill, we don't like to be uh, overly critical given, you know, it's so mm-hmm. hard to tell what's good and what's bad at this point. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. It's the team that spends big that ends up not doing well. Although the last two years, I saw this on network on the mm-hmm. lower third before I, I stepped in the studio today. The last two years, the team that spent the most in free agency made the playoffs. Okay, so. Maybe mm-hmm. it is great. Maybe the, if you can win free agency. <laughs> Wait, who then, was that last year? The Jaguars the Jag- last year. Oh, okay. Who would have been course. the year before? Uh, I don't know. Well, it might have been another pa- job. It might have been the Patriots who yeah, you know, made it, it with Mac Jones two years ago. Yep. All right, let's pause right here. We have got more to do with Bill Barnwell, but first a break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. Who's a loser so far to you, Bill? Loser was tougher. You know, I felt a bunch of winners I felt good about. Loser, maybe the Broncos. I mean, just in terms of teams that spent a lot of money, and I look at those moves and I'm, I'm kind of confused. Like Mike McGlinchey, I understand wanting to improve the protection around Russ. Mike McGlinchey is a solid player. He has the second largest contract of any right tackle in football, and he has never played at that level in San Francisco. So tough for me to believe he's going to suddenly be a top five right tackle for the Broncos. I mean, I, I like the Zach Allen move, but even Zach Allen, one year of playing at the level he played at in Arizona. Guys like Alex Singleton, Jared Stidham, these are replacement level players. These are guys who, even if they played well when you saw them last year, guys who you could have got for very cheap last season, who you can probably find another version of for very cheap this season, the Broncos are paying a premium to either retain or bring in to their organization. So I don't hate the overall plan, but I think the pricing, especially in a market where teams have been very reasonable with what they spent, mm. I don't love how they spent their money in Denver. Right, and they spent it on on Ben Powers too. Was another yeah. like premium mm-hmm. guy that a year ago would have had like a one year 
one million dollar deal. It just was right. like paying for guys that the rest of the market didn't really look like. That. Like backup quarterbacks didn't get paid. We could throw them out as a loser. Right. In general, backup court like Jacoby Brissett did the best, getting eight million. Mm-hmm. The backup quarterback market weirdly is like worse than it was six years ago. I don't really <laughs> like when Chase Daniel was cashing seven million dollar checks for never playing, and now you get like decent players for four and a half. That doesn't make yeah. sense. And you're right, yeah. Denver spent on a guy like Ben. Ben Powers is a good example. Like, I don't think Baltimore was remotely interested in in spending that sort of money on a guard. I feel like Sean Payton, at least, is trying to make a case where you're – I like the theory that you're stripping excuses – away from Russell Wilson. And if if you want to go deeper and say McGlinchey and Powers aren't going to save your offensive line, but like we tried to, we add stuff around him and like if we if he flames out, like I think I think Russell Wilson has like 2023 like, Broncos stripping excuses well, away from like, Russell. He's got like 10 games to become the other Russell Wilson or they'll bench him for Jarrett Stidham or whoever else. Um I'll throw out one and this loser is way too strong, but it's more like hmm, okay. Uh the Super Bowl teams uh, the Chiefs, obviously, they they didn't want to pay Orlando Brown Jr., so I can't like say like, oh, they're losers because they didn't decide that he was a marquee left tackle. But they're a little vulnerable there. They they signed uh, right tackle Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. He might play the left side. Uh, Bill, I think you wrote about this, um, so I'll credit you on this. He hasn't taken okay. snaps at left tackle since high school. Um, so if that he's is a couple, a couple in college, but he wasn't like, yeah. he was even like a regular starter. At right. So, I mean, now away. and now your job is to protect Patrick so. Mahomes blindside, arguably the greatest yes. quarterback of his generation. I don't know if that's their plan, but that's potentially their plan. They also lost a, a key guy in Juan Thornhill to Cleveland. The Eagles, the Eagles, listen, the Eagles, it's a trickier situation for them because of the economics and how loaded their roster was. And they've done a good job with keeping certain guys in the building. Jason Kelsey, Darius Slay. Bradbury, they um, they got Fletcher Cox back, who who stayed. Mm-hmm. They did lose though. Now that you take a look after Chauncey Gardner Johnson leaves for the Lions, um, I saw that they've lost five of nine players on defense who played at least seven hundred snaps mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two. I mean, it's a big chunk of their. Look, you talk five hundred. I got seven hundred here, Mark. That's impressive for data points. Absolutely. Um, so it's not going to be the same defense. It's not going to be the same team, and that's the the economics of the business. But both champions, I feel like a little lesser right now. But isn't it POV? Because I could fly at Howie Roseman as a, a winning figure in the sense that, like, he Ooh. was he was facing a really tough potential outcome, and you find a way to keep Bradbury, Slay, Brandon, Gamp, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. I love the Rashad Penny signing. It's like they didn't just go null and void and everyone hit the exit sign. Like, <laughs> Howie Rose always seems to find a way, and I trust that he'll continue to and make more trades around the draft like he did last year. It's like he's always working. Oh, he's Howie definitely mother- working. Or- I mean, the Rashad, I don't like the Rashad Penny move as much as any, everybody else, and I like Miles Sanders better, and he's out the door as well. Uh, what do you think on that one, Barnwell? I mean, I, I, I see why you would say it, but for the Eagles, it kind of felt like they had to make some cutbacks. Like, it wasn't really a scenario where they right. could go and say, okay, we're bringing the band back, and we're also somehow paying Jalen Hurts $50 million a year. Like, it's just not going to work. They had to make cutbacks. With the Chiefs, the decisions they made were more of their own volition, right? Like, you know, it's not like Orlando Brown signed this enormous otherworldly contract. I, I I don't remember the exact specifics, but it's not like the Juwan Taylor deal was for much more. Might even be a little bit more altogether. Depending on how you look Orlando at it, Taylor's deal might be better. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like, like that is to me a more conscious decision of, okay, we're going to cut Frank Clark. 
We're going to move on from Carlos Dunlap. We're going to move on from Juan Thornhill. We're going to let Andrew Wiley leave. We're going to let Orlando Brown leave. We're going to replace him with the right tackle, who, like like you alluded to, has really not played left tackle since high school. Like that is a more tangible decisions were made in Kansas City than were made in Philadelphia, where Philadelphia was more about just we have you know people. Javon Hargraves leaving. We have no choice. We're, we're losing the linebackers. We have to we have to make some cutback somewhere. But I think it's more difficult because they had to do something. The Chiefs didn't really have to make these changes and did. And they might be better for it, who knows? But I think it's more questionable there. They're putting a lot on on Spags. Like oh, they, yeah. their entire defensive spending is Chris Jones, Eric Reed. I, I guess they brought in Amena who was like a, a free agent one year deal. Uh, but other than that, it's like all rookie contracts are like low cost veterans. It's like that's that's sort of the other side of, of, of spending on offense and and maybe he can handle it. It's like a better version of, of what the Rams are doing. Hell I'm throwing out a loser. Raheem Morris. I mean they're setting up Ooh. they're setting up Raheem Morris to fail. They're basically saying and Jordan Rodriguez reported on this Look, Sean McVay is an offensive coach. I think I I don't think they're done. They've been disappointing. And if you're a Rams fan, it's been a terrible offseason because I thought they would be a little more aggressive and doing something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe there are some moves coming, but it really feels like it's coming on offense. And they're just going to be like, look, we got Aaron Donald still and we've got a good coordinator, Raheem Morris. Like, let's just throw stuff against the wall. There's more variance in defense and hope we come in 20th because like their second best defensive lineman now because they've lost Greg Gaines, Leonard mm-hmm. Floyd, Taylor Rapp looks mm-hmm. like he's out the door, Nick Scott, um, Bobby Ashawn. Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. This is just uh, on the defense. Ashawn Robinson. Uh, their second best offense, defensive lineman now is probably Bobby Brown. Um, their best linebackers, Ernest Jones, I'm not sure who their second one would be. Their their cornerback one is Darian or Kobe Durant, Kobe Durant, I would guess, a fourth round pick from a year ago. It is as talent poor, like a side of the ball as almost you can find in the NFL. And that's crazy because Aaron Donald's on that side of the ball. It's just like No, I, like, I mean I had them him. I had them as well. And mine was more like some of this kind of comes off their plan right now. And they know what they're doing. They got a ring. But it feels like a half measure right now. And it, it, I don't know. They haven't committed totally to a teardown, but they're also put themselves in a much weaker position heading into the new season. And you have a 37-year-old quarterback um, who just gar- locked into a guarantee of money that's going to make sure he's on the roster. I just don't know kind of where the Rams are right now. Mark. Matthew Stafford well, feels like an odd fit there. I just start right there. It's yes. a very strange landing spot for him. Yeah, I mean, what would you guys do if you were the Rams? Do you lean further into this and you do you trade Cooper Cup? Do you try to trade Aaron Donald? Are you trying to just get as many picks as possible? Which I- ironic, given the the T-shirt, but um, get as many picks as possible <laughs> and just lean all the way into it. Or do you think this is more of like a transition year where they 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 get rid of a lot of salary, they they have a bad year, they get a high draft pick, and then next year they're back in signing players, going back into you know full on, we're gonna win in the Aaron Donald era mode. I think that's the plan. I think they kind of boxed themselves into a corner last year when they gave those contracts to Stafford Cup and and um, 
who else? Donald. Like Donald, all, all those and, got twenty. All those got twenty-two contracts. I mean, they got and their guaranteed money is is still guaranteed this year, so they sort of have no choice. That's right. It's been very quiet on the Allen Robinson front. A very frosty market. Not a not a stunner. I think not they sure. were hoping <laughs> someone would pay like half his salary, and that like that was the best that they could hope for. A little bit like mm-hmm. the Brandon Cooks deal, but maybe you, you know, talk about putting more. out bad tape though. I mean, that's yeah. It never got better really for him. No. Anybody else? You got, you got it. Bill, you said you had more winners. Do you want to do kind of like a, oh, did you have a loser, Mark? Uh, I mean, this is, I'm not trying to gang up on a team that I continually um, hammer, but I think a loser <laughs> is Jonathan Gannon, who goes to Arizona and is watching a team just be torn down before his mm-hmm. eyes because you lose Marcus Golden, Byron Murphy. Zach Allen, J.J. Watt retires. DeAndre Hopkins he is gone. out the door. You've got Kyler Murray, who it, to me stands out as the one quarterback that you've got to be concerned about his mood, his mental landscape. And if, he, if he's the kind of guy where things are starting to burn down around him, he's watching players leave, he loses DeAndre Hopkins at some point here. It's just an ugly setup for a first-year coach. Even if he was told behind the scenes, we get it, it's going to be tough this year, it, that's not how fans react. It's like this, is, this was a playoff team two years ago I mean a bit of a a bit of a false god on that front but at this point the idea that they are this bad this quickly uh it's really depressing Kyler Murray is in this big contract and they're rebuilding around him I don't like it at I can all. attest to that because I was at that Cardinals Rams playoff game I. with uh Zumwalt and it was one of the grisliest affairs I've ever watched in person in terms <laughs> of like just disparity between two teams that's the organization's yeah. a mess that that was the false god game. I, I think I think it's been now for for perpetuity. I mean, I I think they're sort of in the same boat as the Rams, where they know they're not having Kyler Murray for a good chunk except, of this year. Except they lost forty seven seventeen to the Rams in their like high point as an organization. That's a tough spot. Yes, it's a tough spot. Yes, to be fair, also true. But I think they know Kyler's not going to be healthy for a good chunk of this year. Wouldn't be shocked if they just say, "Hey, Kyler, just take the year off. You're good. Mm. We don't need you this year." Um. Their roster is a mess. Their cap situation's a mess. They need to do this. Like, like yes, they are losers in terms of they are not going to be a competitive team this year. It's not going to be fun to watch them. Their fans are going to be mad. But I think they have to have this happen to reset. They have mm. to do the thing the Saints aren't doing. Or the Rams, you know, the Rams are kind of doing in, in Los Angeles. But like that reset of, okay, our cap's going to be fresh. Same thing the Falcons did. Same things the Bears did. But we have a quarterback. We know in 2024... We bring Kyler back. We have cap space. We have some young players to work with around him. We'll feel pretty okay. I think that had to be what happened when he came in. And I, I think sort of similar to what's happening in Tennessee right now as well with the choices they've made with their roster. Now he's making me think the Cardinals might kind of be mm. long-range winners. And I'm starting to I feel differently about the whole thing. Well, I don't know about that. That's Gannon. what Barbell does. Like they haven't um... – <laughs> They haven't treated a, like a first-year head coach this poorly since uh, they stuck uh, Steve Wilkes <laughs> with Josh Rosen yes. and Steve Kime as yeah. his GM. That was a tough situation. Can we, can we throw out one more winner? Because sure. I, I at least want to get my biggest winner. I mean, I really am drinking. Well, the... you didn't lead with your biggest winner. I don't know. I don't know yeah, why. why. That's what a, a strategy. Uh, I I'm drinking the <laughs> Dolphins Kool Aid. I love it. Okay. I just feel like. Everything they did was smart. I think they had to give the fifth-year option. We hadn't you know, officially talked about that on this show. I think they had to for Tua. It's a low enough number. Uh, I just think they made the smart moves around the margins. Like, the Jalen Ramsey move, non-quarterback division, is to me like the most impactful move any team would make this offseason. Vic Fangio mm-hmm. with Jalen Ramsey, to me, is just beautiful. Vic Fangio... 
from Josh Boyer is such an upgrade. I know that's not free agency, but just look at the group that he's going to be coaching up. And then you look at the David Long signing. I really liked. And I like kind of just the moves uh, along the margin, just like just little ones. Mike White, like that as a backup. Like Malik Reed, Deshaun Elliott, Berrios, like the guys who are just just take swings on guys who at one point had like a medium starter level of of ability and they're coming off a bad year, but they've shown they can play at like an NFL level and it's just relatively cheap. Bring Mostert and Wilson back. Don't spend too much at running back. Like that's a, at a low level. They just they knew they didn't have a first round pick because their owner uh, you know, invited Tom Brady onto a boat and tried to hire him and Sean Payton. I feel like that's weirdly uh, underrated. Yeah, think uh, of the scene good. in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Leo welcoming the FBI agent on the boat yeah. and tossing the right. money out at the Same end. Same situation. Right. They do yes. not have a first-round pick because of that. But but based on that, I feel like they set up this roster right now to like be a championship contender right now. I love them. Do, do you think Stephen Ross looks back and thinks that was worth a first-round pick to have Tom Brady and Sean Payton? Kind of. Kind of. I, I could see the the the, I, the attraction to that. Well, in retrospect, though, it didn't quite I mean, bear much fruit for the organization. Anti-fruit. I'd like to think that Stephen Ross is Probably sitting around time. feeling a lot of remorse over that. I just think he doesn't roll that you know, way, maybe. You know, know what I'm looking forward yeah. to? Um, Josh Allen and... Aaron Rodgers torching a over-the-hill Jalen Ramsey and him oh. shaking his head as he walks off the field. How dare you? Clearly in decline. How, how old is Jalen Ramsey? That he's we're 28. Like, uh, <laughs> this is like, this is like the quick. Todd, Gurley, Todd Gurley award for like, Todd Gurley's 26 yeah. and I'm shocked he can walk down the street based on oh. how he's being talked about. They like, barely, they barely so beat fine. Skylar Thompson in the Dolphins. Forget about the defense, too. It'll just be that offense. Pew, pew, I, pew. I, I think Mike White is a great uh, pickup as a backup because, you know, yep. we don't want to need it, but you're probably going to need a backup in Miami that could keep the offense functional. But, yeah, I, I think Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey on paper is like, oh, that could be the best cornerback duo in the league. Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, they had some injuries at safety. Like I'm the secondary saying, is nice. Yeah. Secondary is Don't nice. be surprised if you're seeing a lot of head shaking from Jalen Ramsey and, and complaining <laughs> to referees uh, this fall. That feels on brand. That was a little cold water on it, Greggy. Sorry. It's fine. I know yeah. that's the one team other than the Patriots. Uh, that you just can't. We we do have an nice update for about. Bill. From, <laughs> hey, uh, I got him in the top ten in the power rankings. Oh, wow. From Ooh. Graver, it was Javon Wims. Javon tangled with Chauncey Gardner Johnson way back when. So they're cantankerous individuals. He gone threw a punch. Threw a punch. Thought about it for a second. <laughs> hit, hit him in the helmet. And then I believe threw a second one, which. This no, yeah, not a good idea. Second one's got to be once you your hands stinging, and I know there's adrenaline pumping. Mm. Second one's sure. got to be a body blow. You yeah. got to go to the solar plexus. Go yeah, um, Bill, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Any other like winners, little speed round, Barnwell, or did we exhaust your list? I like I like the little Falcons. I think I like okay. what the Falcons are doing to rebuild there. I thought the Raiders have done an okay job. Raiders off seasons usually pretty bad, so <laughs> by their standards, this was a step in the right direction. Okay, and. I, I'm a little concerned about the Panthers. Like, I, I want to see what what the other moves that fill in that roster are around that quarterback. But I'm not excited about Adam Thielen, wide receiver one for my rookie quarterback. <laughs> mm. We'll see how it goes over the rest of the offseason. Hmm. Yeah, you got they're the team. Like, I wouldn't say they're the perfect uh, connection to the Jaguars because Lawrence is entering his second year. But they're the team this year that has added a ton of guys. So you might reflexively be like, oh, yeah, best offseason, best uh, free agency. They've added. But we'll see if it works out. They added Miles Sanders at running back. Thielen, as we said, 
Hayden Hurst. They signed yeah. uh, Von Bell at safety. They got Dalton mm-hmm. as their backup to whoever they take at number one at quarterback. Shy Tuttle at D tackle. So they've done a lot. Will it make them a lot better? We shall I have see. one question for Bill. Do you think that the Colts are that, that these theories are floating out there with the, some of the cuts? Do you think that they're gearing up for um, a bona fide, legitimate swing at Lamar Jackson? Is that the team that might be the final home for him? Uh, I I would say that Jim Irsay contains multitudes, and I think it's more likely that whatever cuts or roster moves they're making or, or space they're clearing out, it's more likely that Jim Irsay just wakes up one day and was like, ooh, a Lamar Jackson, I'd like one of those, and just <laughs> calls... And just just calls Lamar, signs him to an offer sheet without anybody else in the organization being consulted or making a decision. So I, 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 I think applying logic to what is going to happen with the Colts is maybe not naive the, given not the, the history of, of of how how they've handled things in the recent past. So I, I could see the logic, and if it was another team, I'd say sure. But with the Colts, I just don't know if it applies. It's an exciting thought that that Bill puts out there because imagine if what happened in 2022 with the Colts, as unpredictable as they were, and mm-hmm. the way Jeff Saturday's situation went down with the quarterbacks and everything around the Colts, what if that was just the beginning of <laughs> of ownership's uh, ride into a whole nother realm? Yeah, like, the precursor mm-hmm. to this uh, more right. enticing madness. What if, if he, that's if, not if the outlier Lamar, season? Yeah. What if it's just starting and we get another mm-hmm. like five years of total madness? It's around uh, the son like kind of living out his father's legacy. Like he tried <laughs> right. to run from it, tried to stay out of the mix forever. And uh, sign dad, me up. Daddy is uh, daddy is instructive. Daddy's in the Mayflower <laughs> truck. Um, all right. Bill, do you guys do you guys have names for your podcast episodes? Uh, no, we're always open to I mean, suggestions. They, they, there are titles. What do you mean, like yeah. titles? Could, could we could could we call this one "Daddy is Instructive," please? <laughs> well, that was, you that, are our guest, so provocative. Yes. We usually have quite boring Thank nicknames. You. It probably would have been "Free Agency Winners and Losers." How about this? But I feel like "Daddy is Instructive" that would, that would be is more far. fun. And let's see what I happens. I think we could do. I think we could do. We could achieve everything we want. Daddy is, is instructive. Colon. Free agency winners and losers. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to say, "Daddy is instructive." Colin, Egon. <laughs> That's also in play. Bill, you've said it all. Thank you so much. Uh, check out all of Bill's content over on ESPN, including a new column. What is the hook of the the latest column that will be up? Uh, Maybe when people even on- hear this. Depends on whether Aaron Rodgers gets traded. There may be something that's been in the can for a couple of weeks, but if not, yeah. uh, I'll, Annoying. I'll be finding some, finding some fits for okay. the remaining free agents and trade candidates who are available only at ESPN. And you know that's going to be a banger. Bill, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. All right, there he goes, Bill Barnwell. I think you should have approached him that night in the um, eatery slash Wherever you were, bar room. I mean, it seems like he's one of the there's, more approachable individuals uh, around. There's a little more, like, kind of a context to it. We had gone out to dinner. We went to a Mexican restaurant. I think Daddy had a couple of tequila sodas. We thought we were going to get to that part of the night earlier. There was a delay. The party had moved, and right. uh, it was a little later. Uh, that said, you left within about 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> and I stayed uh, I stayed for a while and got to got to talk to all the people I wanted to, like, uh, well, like Bill. You, you've uh, neatly pumped yourself up as a, a real <laughs> night owl, Greg, as, as we all know you are. I did stay for one drink. I, I, talked, uh, I talked with Harmon. 
a lot. I talked a little bit with Good Mina because uh, she she came over, which was nice. Uh, maybe maybe there were a couple other people, but then Bill was he had a little corner. I'm telling you, he had a nice. Setup. No, I remember it. You're, you're I was not like, lying. Okay. Well, I I uh, would have joined you, but I I was a little bit late getting to Arizona and hadn't right. eaten. Um, but I had flown in w- sitting next to Mina Kimes and had a great conversation Wait, well, with her. So I feel like I had my own like. Uh, what a moment! What a night! <laughs> What an evening. What? She's like, we had a fantastic conversation. I'm saying, so, like, we, yeah. I guess we uh, covered all the bases. We hit it all. I didn't see Bill Barnwell, though, but I would have gone up and given him a big hug, I think. Big bear hug. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. All right. We'll be back on Wednesday. Connie Fox will join us, and we will talk more about what's happening in this league coming up a little later this week, by the way. I'm excited about this. The New York Post's Andrew Marchand, when we take a look at what is happening in the booths what's happening in the media world of the nfl we like that it's like a meaty media segment with andrew marchand it's that time of year yeah all right thanks everybody that was a good showing by rosenthal having that you had the drink and i closed that i closed that down the bad boy of nfl media heed the call You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.